Welcome to the Lion's Den University Report. This program brings you a behind-the-scenes look at the spiritual life on today's university and college campuses. Now here's your host, Glenn Bailey. The following program was previously broadcast. My guest for this broadcast, it's a continuing uh, conversation with Dr. Jay Lynch here in the Department of Admissions at the University of Florida College of Medicine. And uh, he has just been talking about uh, just a difficult time in his life that he went through. Um, Being a Christian uh, doesn't mean that when you're a physician you don't face uh, the emotions and the trials of patients who die and personal uh, difficulties, and we're not immune from that, and we have Christ with us. But there are other aspects of this that uh, you came across that you came to a a challenge, and uh, uh, tell us a little bit more now. You were uh, talking about how uh, these things were weighing down on you. You mm-hmm. felt like you were, even though you had seen other people benefit from uh, medicines helping their depression, uh, that hadn't been your response at this time. Yeah, part of what happens, uh, part of what happens when your neurotransmitters are not working is you both think and feel with your neurotransmitters, and what what depression does it is impairs our ability to see ourselves appropriately so other people could see that things were wrong with me but I didn't see it and as I was saying at our last talk um, one of my friends in Chicago had passed away sort of suddenly of a terrible illness and I flew up there with my wife to be to help plan the funeral and the memorial service for him and it was through this community of friends that I had made in college as we were sitting around uh, the morning after the memorial service just having breakfast one by one each of us were giving updates in our lives and everybody was talking pretty openly about their struggles struggles in the marriage struggles with their children and the like and my dear friend Barb who still lives in um, Pittsburgh saw me sitting there and she said well Jay you're being quite kind of quiet how are you? Mm. And I had this moment right. where I had to decide if I was going to tell the truth or not. And I, um, I basically said, no, I'm not. Mm. I have been contemplating sort of the perfect suicide. Mm. Is that right? Yeah. Mm. It's, um, and what do you mean by the, the so perfect the suicide? So, uh, yeah, I'll unpack that a little bit. I have this... I have a fairly creative mind and I'm always thinking of stories and I started asking myself, well, what, what would the perfect suicide look like? Meaning if I'm writing a novel, I've taken care of people whose family members had taken their own lives and I was not going to have anything like that for my, my family. But the idea is you stage something to look like an accident mm. so that when you're gone, everybody thinks it's an accident, everybody right. gets the insurance money and that's kind of what folks refer to as the perfect suicide mm. or as the... Um, the other thing that's done, actually, and I've had a patient tell me this, is suicide by proxy, which mm. means that they deliberately pull a gun on a police officer and oh, knowing okay. they will be shot, shot. and killed. Mm. Um, so this is a, these are dark moments in one's life. And um, my wife, of course, looked at me and grabbed my hand and said, I had no idea. And this is where I said, I've never told anybody like this. But when I was thinking about the story and I became more and more down, I began seeing myself more in that role, and that's where the, that was where it just got darker and darker. And it was from that point that I realized, okay, I need, 
to talk to somebody about this, and I have dear friends here at this medical center who I respect deeply, and um, one of them um, met with me, and she asked me, um, she's a psychiatrist, and she asked me, so Jay, what, what's so hard, what's, what makes life so difficult? And I didn't even have to think. I just said, all I do is disappoint people. Hmm. Right. And I knew objectively that wasn't true, but mm-hmm. it felt like it because every yeah. time I was doing something for a patient here, there was somebody over here who was mad that I wasn't doing something for them. And when I started on the antidepressant, um, and I always want to be careful to say this because this isn't everybody's experience, okay? Right. But this sure. was my experience. Within 10 days, I, I felt so much more like myself. Mm. I felt like somebody had turned on a light in a dark room. And I said, okay, thank you, Lord, for that. It was, I, was, I felt free for the first time in a long time. And so managing that part of my life has just become part of what I do with my physician. Um, I've been often, often on antidepressants over the years. And um, when, I, when I'm healthy, what I say is I'm energetic and calm. Mm-hmm. So that's sort of my persona and my wife now. And what I basically learned from that probably more than anything is one has to have the humility to listen to the people around you. And humility is not a feature physicians are often known for. Right. (laughs) (laughs) We interviewed uh, Dr. McGinley, uh, Robert McGinley, I think, over at the University of South Alabama. Okay. And uh, he's with the Christian Medical Mm -hmm. Dental Society there. And he said, they have a Bible study and he says, it tells the students, he says, now you need to know there is a God and it isn't you. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> but uh, so you uh, uh, got help. Absolutely. And, uh, and the medicine did uh, help you through this. Absolutely. And what's interesting about the neuroscience work that's being done today is there are multiple different classes of these medications that help patients. And the first time I ever talked about this actually was when I became an elder at my church. We were, each time we're asked to give a testimony. Right. And you're in which church? Uh, uh, locally here? It's Creekside Community Church. It's an evangelical free church. Okay. Mm-hmm. Right. And, um, and so I just really felt God wanted me to talk about this at the church, and I did. I told the story not unlike what I just told you all, and it's probably been 12, 13 years ago. And I had no idea what response I would get. I had one person after another coming up to me saying, Jay, thank you for doing this. I felt so ashamed. I didn't think anybody would have any, they'd lose respect for me. I got personal notes written by hand, by email, people coming up to me, people I mean, it was just overwhelming, the response, which is part of what makes me think that that we as a group of evangelicals need to think carefully about being kind and gentle and helpful, realizing that, of course, all this is under the lordship of Christ, but medicine is simply one of the means of grace that he gives us. Right, right. And it's a tool. And, uh, you know, I think, as you were sharing, too, that it doesn't necessarily work the same way for every person. Absolutely. And and there still are many, many things that aren't understood in terms of the brain and the the mental problems that Mm -hmm. people struggle with. Sure. But uh, uh, you found this help, and by opening up and sharing, you got got help that, help that you needed. Yes, absolutely. And um, it's funny because there's, a, there's about 500 physicians a year, as best we can tell, commit suicide. Mm. And so, so that's of, higher probably than the average Much uh, higher profession. than the average population, and it's mm-hmm. the equivalent of five medical school classes. Right. Mm. Um, and, and so 
and it's not unique to medicine. Life in the modern world is stressful. I don't think we were created to live the way we've chosen to live, right. but it is what it is, mm -hmm. okay? And that's sure. the world that we're in. And so part of what I try to do here is talk about my experience with students. I mentioned it when I teach my course. I gave a noon, I was part of a panel a week and a half ago um, talking to students. And every time I do this, I have half a dozen folks who've come up to me saying, I didn't know who to talk to, please. And it, and it opens the door for people, people of faith, people who are not of faith. It doesn't matter. They're all struggling and they need somebody to love and care for them. Right. Okay. And you, uh, as we have shared, you grew up in a Christian home. You mm -hmm. accepted Christ early on in your life and you believe Christ is the answer. But you see yourself, uh, you shared with me in kind of the model of the Daniel scenario right. uh, rather than a prophet in Israel. And so maybe you could expand on that a little bit as, as a a member of the the uh, administration here at the sure. at the secular university how do you see yourself functioning yeah i see myself here um you know the, the program's called the lion's den which is kind of what made me think about it and daniel i have read and studied since i was a young boy and if one thinks about it he is described as being the best at what he did for this pagan king in a very pagan world of the Persians. Okay? Right. <laughs> These were people that would make us look relatively plain and, and uninteresting in terms of the kinds of things they were involved in. And, um, and yet Daniel, realizing that he wasn't responsible for what the behaviors of this pagan culture were, that he was there to honor God and to honor the folks he worked with, and, um, and particularly his boss. And yes, there were folks that didn't like him. Ended up, uh, everybody knows the story of, you know, you gotta worship, um, no one's allowed to pray, and you know, and they found him praying, and he ends up in the lion's den. And, and But I even read this to my family as, uh, the other night, that when they opened the lion's den, and the king, who realized what a fool he had been, says in a voice, has your God been able to save you? And, he's, and the first words out of his mouth are, O king, live forever. Mm. A genuine show of respect for the pagan person that he worked for. Right. He cared about him and wanted to honor him. Sure. He said, I have never done anything that would dishonor you, O king. And I think that's a model for how we interact in this world. I love and care for everyone, and I accept everyone. I don't affirm everything about everybody, and I never will, especially myself. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> but there is a way that we can be in the world that people know we love and care for them. Amen. And so, and that uh, saying, Christians aren't perfect, just forgiven, is a very true saying. And, and, Absolutely. Uh, and I think you shared just in our last uh, conversation about the uh, uh, one of the hardest things for doctors is to be humble. Absolutely. <laughs> and, and yet uh, we are Christ's because of his grace, not because of... Uh, any great merit uh, that we yes, bring sir. to him. So uh, you're involved also with the Christian Medical and mm -hmm. Dental Association here. Tell us a little bit about that organization and what it does here at University of Florida. Yeah, the um, CMDA is a national organization and we've had a chapter here really for many years and it's mostly administered by the um, medical students per se. It's kind of a student organization and I'm a faculty advisor. There's another uh, brother who works um, with InterVarsity in the graduate world and he's a, Gordon Green is his name and he mm -hmm. also comes alongside kids both here in the law school and the business school. But these are 
kids who are just encouraging each other, they'll do everything from Bible studies to they hold little prayer and praise meetings. And um, every once in a while, they'll gather and pray before exams. And they try to look after their classmates and encourage each other. And um, they've been a real positive witness here in this community. Okay, and uh, so they're uh, connected with the national organization. Yes, do they, sir. they do some uh, missions trips from this campus. Yeah, it's interesting. There, are, uh, we're kind of known for our global health outreach here, and so it all kind of blends together when we talk about it. But there are several that are sponsored by the institution per se, and then there are several that are sponsored through various Christian organizations. One of which is CMDA. I see. And uh, so how many students would be involved in that, would you say? It's a fair question. Um, I would say they're probably 20 to 30, something like that, but mm -hmm. that's, I haven't actually taken a role. Right, okay. <laughs> and uh, do they have a, a weekly meeting with a certain amount it of students? It varies each students? year. Mm -hmm. it varies. Okay. They sort of modify what they need to do based on the schedule that they have because their schedule is pretty packed full sure. of things. And um, sometimes they'll meet weekly, sometimes they'll have evening meetings. Their faculty, we have an end of the year banquet uh, to sort of recognize these kids. It's hosted by a physician here in town and his wife. Um, both physicians actually. Great, okay. And now also you shared a little bit about your personal devotional life and uh, how important is that to you and what uh, what kind of things are involved uh, there in your daily routines? Yeah, I did grow up doing the quiet time diaries that uh, some people our age might remember. And um, I, in a small Baptist church, I became very fond of hymns and a bit of a musician and so as my life has sort of changed over the years, my wife and I pretty much encourage each other in the scriptures and we prayed together before we left this morning. And I have, I was think I was saying a little earlier that I have three or four hymnals sitting by my chair where I, um, right. and even though we don't sing these hymns too much in church anymore, I pull them out and sing them quietly myself. And it does bring back the memories of some of those folks that were so early and important in my life and to the community. Great, great. Well, it's a pleasure to have you on this broadcast and the previous one. My guest, Dr. Jay Lynch here at the University of Florida. You have been listening to the Lion's Den University Report. If you would like more information about the Christian life or would like to contact the Lion's Den or one of the guests, please write us at the Lion's Den, Post Office Box 226, Mifflinburg, Pennsylvania, 17844 or email ltcldur at yahoo.com.